and much appreciation again and always to every one of you who's uh, shared this time and space together. And just a few thoughts to add to, to, to the very good advice that Matt has given, good reflections around this whole process of transition out of retreat. So I was really struck with the few of you who spoke into the space before, how many people were talking about how open you're feeling, how open-hearted. And that's a really lovely thing. And, you know, as we, as we move out of the retreat container, here we've had that sense of being surrounded by other people who are sharing the same experience and who are experiencing some of this open-heartedness or at least this capacity for kindness with the bits of us that don't feel ready to open just now or are needing to protect themselves. And that the people that you're surrounded by after this retreat won't necessarily be in the same space or have had the same experience and to just um you know be be sensitive about how you hold yourself in in that in that space of moving into kind of a different social sphere if you like whether that's family or friends or colleagues and uh you know, not everybody can relate so easily to what you might, you might be going with lots of inspiration. And then it can be very disappointing when that's not really resonated with or heard or understood. And sometimes I feel like the, the, the experience that's cooking or percolating inside me after one of these times, it, it, it's kind of sacred and it needs to be held with care and not just spilled out. Um, everywhere there's something about curating it carefully and sharing it with the appropriate people at the appropriate time that helps it to just the same way that you take care of a, a young seedling or something that you you give it the appropriate conditions to to grow and to flourish so just to have that in mind a little bit and there've been i'm seeing requests to for more online retreats and i think it's something that we're learning is such a useful thing to offer even you know as we move out of these hopefully out of these times of being unable to meet together in person that i i see a future where we offer a combination of in-person retreats and online retreats that enable us to connect across space and and time and those of us when we're, when we're in a particular life situation where we can't get to a retreat center that we can still feel part of this community and still plug into these teachings and practices. Um, so that feels very beautiful and I really do encourage you to explore and make use of the many wonderful online offerings that are cropping up all over the place now and also to uh, to uh, notice how one can easily get overwhelmed by the number of offerings that are out there and feeling that I should, there's so many good things, I should be plugging into them all. And really to do one thing well and wholeheartedly is often much more valuable than, you know, skimming the surface of 10 different things. Because if you're a greed type like me, you can't decide which thing uh, not to get involved with or that just this endless also 
I know this is some of you are mindfulness teachers, for example, or other other ways in which you sort of making some use of sharing your practice in the community. And we can suffer from this perpetual sense of inadequacy and need to, for self improvement. And there are endless organisations and things that cash in on that. And so to really um, don't let that don't let that bamboozle you, and just. Uh, do, do things one step at a time and keep it simple. And I would say pick up what you feel, what, not what you think you should do, but what your heart feels drawn to do, something that brings you joy. It's taken me over 50 years to realise that that's a better way to run my life, but um, it, I think it really is. <laughs> so... Uh, so encouraging you to make the use of those things online and then also recognising like how important local uh, local sangha or the, 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 the expression of your practice in the place where you live is also really important, whether that's with your family or local community. They don't have to be Dharma practitioners. But I, I was just thinking about... Um, Kitty Saro's image of being a meta sweeper. You know, I may join with you online for my practice, but it's really important when I wander out of my front door and into next door where my sister and nieces have been having a completely different week of kind of yelling at one another in teenagerly ways and the stress of school and work and things that I can remember to spread some of this meta next door where they think that what we're doing is complete woo-woo, perhaps. <laughs> or when I go out to the local shop to uh, get some groceries, can I spread some of that meta there? So to, to have that sense of the global connection, but also the importance of how you, how you take what you're doing out just into your real immediate environment. It's really, um, that feels valuable to me. And in terms of your, your thoughts about how you keep the practice going, be realistic. You know, don't set yourself over ambitious targets. Like you're going to keep this schedule going now for the next, the next week and the next week and the next week. You know, one sit or two sits a day is probably plenty realistic enough. And less than that is also fine. It's more important to keep bringing your intention back to the practice in some way or other. Um, the resources will be up on the on the website for some time. I'm not quite sure what the, what the standard amount of time is, but after that, the talks will get posted on Dharma Seed, www.dharmaseed.org, and uh, you'll be able to hear them there, except for the things that we forgot to record, for which we profoundly apologise. But you'll have to come back and. Uh, listen again and uh, yeah I think that's that's sufficient for me I'm going to pass you over to Chris now but it's been a real pleasure practicing with all of you and um, look forward to when there's an opportunity to do that again thank you Jaya thank you Matt uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, it has felt a really special few days. And uh, 
each of you, each of us has been part of co-creating that. And really want, you know, each of you, you know, wherever you are and however kind of involved you have felt to know that your presence on this retreat has been really appreciated, really appreciated. And, and you know, our hope, our prayer is that you've, you've felt a sense of connection and a sense of support and a sense of encouragement in the midst of these, you know, difficult, strange and, and turbulent times. You felt a sense of encouragement um, and uh, some sense of, of how, a kind of reminders of how the practice can really nourish our hearts really resource us to uh, turn towards, to be with the way things are in our personal and, and collective lives. And, you know, those of you who've been on retreat before will know that, you know, sometimes one can taste really uh, sweet mental states on retreat. And you, you think, okay, I'm going to hold on to this calm and take it home with me, you know, and, we discover that actually we can't hold on to mental states. You know, mental states change all the time, like the weather, right? <laughs> you know, I'm sure we, we really kind of notice that. But what we can take with us as we move from retreat are insights or the seeds of insights, things we may have glimpsed in our practice or heard in teachings or heard in discussions that somehow had a kind of aliveness to them, that they, they somehow felt uh, resonant or relevant. Uh, sometimes we can't quite say why, but, but, but there's, a, there's a sense of, oh, there's something here I don't want to forget, you know, and maybe that's, you know, part of what you put in the chat earlier or spoke earlier. And, um, there's a, a really important principle in the Dharma that whatever we feed grows. And of course, the opposite of that is also the case that whatever we don't feed doesn't grow. And one can have that feeling at the end of a retreat, you know, I'm kind of changed forever by this, or there's something I've seen here that I'm never going to forget. And a week later, two weeks later, a month later, you think, now, what was it? There was something that was so important, I was never going to forget it. And actually, this is really a kind of key part of the retreat, is, is in a sense, how can we feed what we've glimpsed or what we've heard in the midst of our daily lives so that it continues to grow? It's almost as if it's kind of like... Uh, an insight lands us on a fence at the end of a retreat. And we're, we're kind of leave the retreat slightly wobbling around on the fence. And there's a sense of potential there. There's a sense of, of what it could be like if I really made joy more central to my life, you know, or if I really made grounding and grounding in the presence of, of other people more central to my life. And we've kind of glimpsed something and we're on the fence here and you know what? We open our inbox or we go back to work or we connect with, you know, the pile of washing that people have kindly left for us. And 
what happens is we just so easily can get pulled back into the old kind of force fields of habit, uh, kind of personal habit, collective habit, you know, the, the kind of dynamics that, that can feel like they're so kind of familiar and hard to, to move out of. And yet, if in that kind of wobbly place on the fence, we can, we can just help nudge our practice into this new terrain, then something can really open up for us and be integrated and be kind of irrigated into our lives. And part of the you know, amazing gift of these times, as, as Matt and Jaya have been able to say, is that we can take a theme like joy or grounding or gratitude or compassion or embodiment or the awakening factors and we can almost construct our own program of listening and guided meditations and you know discussions with others and feed that particular theme and as Jaya was saying it's often helpful to choose just one or two you know uh, to choose a theme and say, okay, I'm going to really nurture that. You know, nurture that seedling, to use that, that metaphor, and feed it and water it and take care of it. You know, and see what happens if I allow it really to grow in my life through being fed. And the beautiful thing about, you know, one of the countless beautiful things about the Dharma is it's holographic in the sense that any one theme or insight we've picked up can be a portal into the whole Dharma. So, you know, many of you have seemed to have, have picked up this theme of joy, which, you know, we're delighted about. And joy can be a portal into the whole Dharma for us. That could be our lens through which we really kind of integrate practice and teaching to a very deep extent. And, and as so many of you have, have mentioned joy, just to flag up uh, a beautiful book and a beautiful program created by a dear friend of Jaya and myself, James Barras um, from uh, San Francisco, from Berkeley, California, who's created a program called Awakening Joy. He's a Dharma teacher from Spirit Rock. Um, and he's taught in, in London, he teaches for London Insights sometimes, and um, just a really, uh, just such a beautiful, nourishing, uh, inspiring program, and he's just a wonderfully big-hearted and wise human being and teacher. So some of you might be interested to feed that through uh, um, looking at that program or through going on to Dharma Seed, which, where there are many talks on joy that are freely available. It's one of the great gifts uh, of our Dharma times is to have Dharma seed um, as a resource for us. Um, so that's just one example, but it may be the some other insight that you could really get quite uh, intentional about fostering, about cultivating, that can really enable um, whatever blessings have been on this retreat to be digested, metabolized over time, integrated into your, your, your heart, 
your practice, your life. Um, and so, yeah, really an encouragement as we, as we make this transition to, to reflect in that way. I sometimes think that it's this, this kind of period after, immediately after a retreat where, uh, in a sense, there's the, such an opportunity, such an opportunity to integrate it or, or to forget it, you know. And, and so if there are things you want to integrate, well, a real encouragement to, to, to do that and to use the resources available to you. Because there is a way, isn't there, in which a period of practice like this and an integrate asks us, well, it reminds us of the preciousness of this life that each of us is living. It reminds us that it's finite, that, that none of us knows how long we have to live. And in the light of that, to ask the question, what is it that I most value, that feels most important to me in this experience of being human? What is it that I want this life that I'm living to be about at some level? And, you know, that is so much about what intentions am I choosing to nurture day by day by day, you know? Whatever our life circumstances, whatever our, our work, whatever our family commitments, what will kind of, in a sense, most uh, shape the quality of our life will be the intentions that we're cultivating, consciously or unconsciously. What it is we're seeking to nurture, what if you like, what plants we're choosing, what seedlings we're choosing to water in the garden of our hearts and our lives. And, you know, our hope, our prayer is that these days have really supported you in asking those kind of deepest questions about your life. Those, those questions that really take you closest to the deep meaning of things. And as, as Jaya said, the sacredness of this life. Yeah. And we, we, uh, we really wanted a sense of sacredness to be part of this retreat. It was part of the imagining of this retreat two years ago when it was imagined in a very different format. And you know, we hope that the teachings, the practice, the chanting, the orientation to the shrine, that sense of possibility for finding refuge in that which is reliable in this life, that which transcends and can hold the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. We hope that that sense of sacredness and the deepest blessing can be part of what lingers with you uh, as our retreat comes to an end and part of what you can uh, continue to nurture and tend um, in the garden of your heart, in the garden of your life. Um, it has truly been a privilege 
to spend these days with you. It really has. And we want to send our heartfelt blessings to each of you, to each of you. Uh, I'm, I'm really with the, the knowledge that some of you are caring for loved ones who are sick or in hospital you know, or are vulnerable in some way and really want to say that you know we're holding you in our hearts collectively i think as as teachers and also maybe as a community you know uh, some of you are are really feeling the vulnerabilities of this time in a very kind of keen way and some of you feeling the turbulence of this time and really you know really wishing you well really really wishing you well so that wherever you are at this moment in the kind of uh, spectrum of joy, sorrow, uh, kind of ease, vulnerability, uh, please know that we send our blessings and our love to you. And uh, we really thank you for your presence and your practice and really wish you well. Really wish you well. So I'm going to hand back to Jaya uh, to, to close us now. Um. Thank you, dear Chris. And I'm going to carry you over to carry you all over to my shrine for one last time. <laughs> put the spotlight on the shrine to do a little closing ceremony and then bring us away from the shrine and back all together. And, uh, and then we'll leave the call open for 15 minutes after we finish so that you can just unmute yourselves and or continue to put things in the chat or save the chat and just uh, just have a chance as if we were in the Dharma Hall to uh, interact before you depart in whatever way that is feasible over a Zoom call. So I'm just going to turn my, fil my, my video off just for a moment so you don't get seasick and carry you all with me over to my shrine. And as, as Jad does that, I just would like to add what I uh, intended to say but didn't, which was my deep appreciation to Jaya and to Matt. It's been a delight. It's been a real delight to offer this with them. And uh, yeah, thank you both very, very much for that. Okay. So actually what I would what I would like to do is to just chant a uh, short traditional blessing in Pali um, as a as chanted um, when people when, uh, after somebody makes an offering to you of, of any sort and just to really uh, express our thanks for the many offerings that have been coming in um, in response to this morning's talk about Dana, and we really um, are touched by your generosity and uh, your messages of appreciation. And so this is a, um, a little chant that um, wishes you health, strength, 
um, the realization of your aspirations, freedom from obstacles, that your obstacles be dissolved. And um, we can just, uh, as, as you hear this, just imagine that the vibrations are sending the blessings of our practice out to all those with whom we wish to share them. Sabitio vivajantu sabarogo vinasatu mate bhavat vantarayo sukiti kayuko bhava abhiwadana silisani changwadapachaino chataro dhammavadanti ayuano sukang balam. And now I'm going to invite you all to unmute yourselves and together to blow out the candles. <laughs> and actually in, in the um, early Buddhist teachings, the imagery of the understanding was of fire, was that fire burns because fire gets cooked up somewhere. And when a flame goes out, you're actually liberating the fire. So let's imagine that we're liberating the fire to spread out and send the blessings of our retreat and our practice out through the cosmos for the benefit of all. So, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Carry you back to my seat. <laughs> so, thank you, everybody, so much. Many, many blessings to you all. Um, do feel welcome to stay unmuted and uh, wave or say hi to each other. And, and your goodbyes as you like, and the call will be open for another 15 minutes. And, uh, gee, I, I feel like I would like to give you all a hug. Maybe if you put oh, your hands to the edge of your screen, we can all give you a hug. <laughs> 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 Go very well, and um, <laughs> in your life and your practice. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. So much love. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Take care. Thank you. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.